0: I am excited, I'm excited, I am excited to be here with you on this Thursday, mm-hmm. I am, it's always a joy, <laughs> and it's all about love, and it's got to be about peace, <laughs> you know those are my three words for the year, joy, love, and peace, it's Thursday, and I am Pernessa's Seal, the founder and the CEO of the Bomb in Gilead. Back to be on the punt, yeah! You know, it's really not about me, it's about my team. I have the best team. Mm. The Bomb team is the best team in the whole wide world. And I just want to give a shout out to the best team. Ah, ah, ah. They are the wind beneath my wings. They are the force. Uh, Behind my back, the force that paves the way in front of me, uh, the wind that keeps it going and moving. And clearly, uh, I am just blessed and highly favored when I think about each and every uh, person that God has sent, whether they are on staff or a consultant. And even you, I'm just highly favored and highly blessed that uh, you just surround this idea of a bomb in Gilead, and we have an exciting lineup for you for the entire year, you know, the National Week of Prayer for the Healing of AIDS, uh, it is on the way, it's Women's History Month, and you know we're already talking about our roadmap, we're coming to see you, if you're living in Virginia... Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, I'm on my way. We're going to have one-day statewide conferences uh, coming up. The first one is coming up in Charleston, South Carolina, April 29th in Charleston. Yes, yes, yes. Down in the low country. You know how much I love the low country. I'm excited. We'll be telling you more about that uh, coming and hopefully by next, uh, next week. We'll be telling you more about uh the Low Country uh Conference, the Roadmap 2030 forwarding the Black Health Agenda. We're excited. Coming to Charleston, uh, April 29th. Yes, indeed. March is Women's History Month, and uh ooh, I can talk about Women's History Month, but the greatest uh woman who is Number one on my history is my mama. Aha, yes, sir, Miss Luella Doris Sab Seal. She is my Shiro. She is my Shiro. And I stand on her shoulders and I'm just amazed. Uh, I think about her every uh every waking moment uh and send love and joy and just honor and blessings to her. Uh, in my mind, in my soul, in my spirit, she is my shero, my mama, Miss Luella Doris Sab-Seal. Mm, 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 mm. Well, you know, I'm not going to talk too long because we have an exciting guest. You know, we are talking to our partner partners at uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, Leukemia and Lymphoma, and Myeloma are cancers that we really must talk about when it comes to African-Americans. So I'm going to get out the way, jump out, jump out, so I can jump back in and talk to my guest, Ms. Leah Zumita. Can't wait to hear what this conversation is going to bring you today. Family, we're talking about joy and love and peace. Mm, It's Thursday, and I'm so happy to be here with you. Well, family, I am excited today. Well, you know, I'm always excited, but I'm real excited. Well, I'm always real excited. Guess what? Leah Zumita is the director of the Clinical Child Support Centers. Leah supports the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's efforts to educate and support patients and caregivers affected by blood cancer. Yes. And I know all of us know somebody, somebody, somebody who needs to hear this podcast. And that's why you're going to send it to somebody. You're going to make sure that all the folks that you know who need to hear it gets it. You're going to play it over and over and over and over and over again because Leah is here to give us some great information Uh, through education, advocacy, coaching, and decision support services. Leah and the team of nurses help patients and their caregivers navigate the process of identifying and participating in clinical trials and providing support through the continuum of their treatment and care. Leah, girl, how are you today?
1: I am so well. Thank you for having me, Dr. P. I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you are here. So before we get into the topic of clinical trials and the work that you do to address barriers to enrollment, tell us about the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, or LLS, as is commonly known. Tell us about the mission.
1: Sure. So the mission of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is to cure leukemia, lymphoma, lymphoma, excuse me, Hodgkin's disease, myeloma, and to really improve the quality and life of patients and their families. And this is done really in three major categories. First, through research. LLS is the largest nonprofit funder of blood cancer research. And our organization has invested over $1.6 billion in blood cancer research. Um, the second way is through education and support. So I'm gonna have the opportunity to tell you more about my department today, but LLS also is the leading source of free education. Um, and we offer many different types of personalized one on one support, including nutrition, um, peer support programs, and we have an amazing information resource center where social workers are there to meet the needs of any blood cancer patient and their family. And the third way is through policy and advocacy. LLS has a nationwide network of over 50,000 volunteers who really work to help change policy that will really boost the development of cancer treatments, but also break down the barriers to care, which we'll talk more about today.
0: Great, great. Well, I understand that one of LLS's most unique services, families impacted by a blood cancer diagnosis is your clinical trial support center. So can you tell me more about this service and what makes it so unique?
1: Absolutely. So the clinical trial support center or the CTSC as we call it. um, CTSC.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, it's a team of 11 nurse navigators with expertise in both adult and pediatric blood cancer. And the, the nurses work with patients, their family members, or healthcare providers to identify potential clinical trials and then overcome these barriers to enrollment. And what really sets us apart from other trial matching services is that we have this unique process where A patient or family member is going to work with a designated nurse throughout the duration of their relationship, which may only be a few weeks, but more likely my nurses are working with patients for many months, if not years, and we're a completely free service. And this unique relationship that's formed between the nurse and the patient or family is really a huge part of our success because right at the very beginning, the nurse navigator works really hard to get to know this patient, who they are in every way. So she does an assessment, of course, of past medical history, their diagnosis and prior treatments, um, but really also to understand what the patient's understanding is of available treatment options, including clinical trials. Um, And at this point, there's always some amount of education we can provide to everyone, whether it's education about their diagnosis, um, or if it's education about clinical trials, dispelling some of those myths. Um, And then the nurse is also working to really understand what sorts of supports a person has to be able to participate in a trial that will likely take them away from home frequently or for an extended period of time. And so taking all of that information into consideration and also what the patient's goals of care are, uh, the Nurse Navigator does this deep dive into the clinical trials to really read through all of that fine print and really understand what trials someone may be potentially eligible for. And so we put together a really unique list of trials that we think the patient may be eligible for. And we incorporate lots of educational materials so it's easier to understand. And we tell people to take that list back to their doctor or to their nurse practitioner um, or to a second opinion and really get their medical expertise. And then the nurse is there to help with whatever the next steps are. And so what's another unique aspect of how we are helping people is that this nurse navigator who's working on your behalf is doing lots of outreach behind the scenes to figure out more information about what someone may be eligible for. Um, That might be trying to find out what the wait list is or, you know, what type of insurance is accepted. It may be trying to get some resources that could cover the cost of travel and lodging. Um, And So there's a lot of work that happens. Um, Our enrollment rate is about 21%. So of the patients who come to us who are eligible for a clinical trial, 21% of the time we're able to help them. And that is significantly higher than the amount of cancer patients in our country who are enrolling in clinical trials. That's only somewhere between 5 and 8%. So we're definitely, you know, above that. But the number I always really love to tell people is that for us to help someone get into a clinical trial, it takes at least 23 interactions by their nurse. And those as I mentioned, those might be emails or phone calls to learn more information, but I look at that number 23 as really 23 potential cracks in the road that a patient may have fallen through if they had to try to do this confusing process on their own. So, um, you know, that's our work in a nutshell. Our goal is not to enroll every patient in a clinical trial, but we definitely want to increase the chances that someone might be able to participate. Um, But no matter what is the next best step for a patient, if it's going to uh, bone marrow transplant, or it's going along with the treatment their doctor's recommending, whatever it might be, that nurse um, on my team is going to help that patient. So it doesn't matter if it's a clinical trial or not, that unique relationship is there for the patient. And, And so that's another unique part. So we really do try to work in collaboration with someone's healthcare team. And most importantly, just educate patients, support them and empower them to really be active participants in their own treatment decisions.
0: Wow, that's amazing work. That is absolutely amazing work. So Leah, tell me what are some of the barriers that you all have found and how you have overcome them with your patients?
1: Sure. When I I think about the barriers to um, someone being able to participate in a clinical trial, I can break it down to two big buckets, if you will. The first is awareness and the second is access. So from the awareness piece, there are a lot of misconceptions about clinical trials. There are also some really horrible things that have historically happened surrounding clinical trials. And so we need to do a better job of educating people about clinical trials and not just patients. We need to help educate healthcare providers too, because what we know is that clinical trials are not being t- talked about with patients either at all or early enough. Because there really are clinical trials for every stage of disease, for people who are newly diagnosed to people whose treatment stopped working or or did not work at all. Um, there's even clinical trials for people whose treatment did work and now they're in a maintenance therapy or even into remission. And so we need to talk more about clinical trials to help destigmatize that word, because what we don't want people to think now is that if a clinical trial is mentioned to them, it means there's no more hope. So that awareness piece is key. Um, But then access. So we know that the majority of cancer clinical trials are happening in those large cancer centers. Well, there's a lot of Americans who don't live near those large cancer centers. So we need to piece together basically a patchwork quilt to be able to make it possible for someone to travel to this clinical trial frequently or for an extended period of time. And so that's, you know, about pulling together financial resources. Um, LLS has many financial assistance programs that we can connect patients with, but we also look outside. And, And again, it's about usually... Piecing together multiple different resources, um, you know there are lots of patients who are taking care of either elders or taking care of children, or working full time. And so, how do they make those pieces work if they're going back and forth to a clinical trial frequently? Um, so, there's a lot of many different barriers um, and every person's situation is very unique. And so that's the beauty of having this nurse navigator really there to try to get a great understanding of what is going on and trying to piece together those resources. Um, And sometimes it's, it's reaching out to ask questions about insurance and questions about, um, you know, what's the current wait list or how does someone become a new patient at a new cancer center? And so those are all things that the nurse navigators can help with as well.
0: Well, that's a lot, that is a lot. And I really thank you for for the work that you're doing. What are some of the things I'm gonna, you know, of course I have all these questions, but there may be some stuff or some, some education, some really some stuff that you really wanna, points that you really wanna get across uh, to the family today. So I'm gonna give you the mic, Leah. What do you really want to make sure that folks hear and understand today?
1: I appreciate that question. So I think, you know, what I want, I hope to convey is that clinical trials really are a key step in advancing cancer treatment. That being said, the number of people who participate in cancer clinical trials is really low. And so, you know, there's, we need to improve that because we need to have, Um, enough patients and patients from diverse backgrounds so that we can make sure that these treatments work for everyone. And so I think a big piece of that is talking about clinical trials, asking questions. If your provider doesn't talk to you about clinical trials, you can ask them about them. Um, You know, one of the information resource center at LLS is um, staffed Primarily by masters prepared social workers, and they have incredible knowledge about blood cancers and treatments. and And with that department and our department, we can really help arm a patient with the right questions to ask about clinical trials. Um, and you know, clinical trials are confusing. That's why we're here. It takes a lot of time to be able to go through the clinical trials to figure out what someone's eligible for. And we appreciate that. Healthcare providers in busy practice settings don't have the time or the resources to be able to do this. And so we want to help, you know, take that workload off of them and, and do that work and give that patient the list so that they can bring it back to their healthcare team and have a discussion about what the next best steps are. So I think, again, it's really about increasing the awareness of what clinical trials are, trying to increase the participation, because... Clinical trials provide really state of the art, wonderful care. Um, you get a lot of attention. Um, you're being cared for by experts in that in that field, um, and it really is the key step in in making sure that treatments are eventually available to everyone.
0: Family, thank you so much, Leah. You know, um, for all the work that you have been uh, doing, you are doing. Thank you for all the work that you are doing uh, in this clinical trial space. And family, you know, we must, we must get, uh, we must get into clinical trials. The bomb and Gilead, we are also working in this space because it is critical. It is critical that African-Americans get into clinical trials. And uh, Leah, I applaud you and, your, and LLS, a uh, uh, work in this space. Is there a, um, a number or a website that you want us to uh, go to to get more information?
1: Yes, absolutely. So if you want to learn more about clinical trials, or you need some more support about your diagnosis, you want to learn more about financial resources that may be available, um, please feel free to call our Information Resource Center at one 800 955 4572, or you could go to our website. It's www.lls.org forward slash CTSC. And listeners could also email me directly if you have questions about clinical trials. My email address is ctsc at lls.org. I really appreciate you having me here today, Dr. P. Thank you.
0: You are so welcome. Let's give that number again 800 family. 800. I know you have your pencil. 800 955 4572. Is that correct, Leah?
1: It is. Thank you. All
0: right. www.lls.org forward slash CTSC. And if you want to give a shout out to Leah directly, C-T-S-C at L-L-S dot O-R-G. That's C-T-S-C at L-L-S at O-R-G. Leah, it's been a joy. Thank you so much. Let us know when you are coming. We would love to have you back on to talk more about getting us in the clinical trials. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Back to Dr. P on the
0: pod, yeah. Well, family, I hope you've enjoyed that conversation. Uh, there's so much to talk about when we're talking about leukemia and lymphoma or myeloma and probably some others. Please contact the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We want to thank the Zumita. Yes, indeed. Just want to thank her for all the knowledge that she shared. Uh, again, I'm excited about March. We are marching. Not only are we marching to Zion. We are marching to Easter. We are marching to our roadmap coming your way, starting in Charleston, South Carolina, right through the year. I mean, We already have our eyes on Healthy Churches Conference in November. It's Thursday. It's Dr. P on the call, and I got to go. I got to run so I can run back here, right back to you next Thursday when you be here, and I'll be happy to hear you see you listen take the podcast and share it I know we all have so many folks that we can just send this information to you can listen to it over and over and over and over again and you can share it over and over and over and over again I love you dearly don't have nothing but love for you nothing nothing but joy for you and a whole lot of peace gotta run joy love and peace see you next week